TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's Gina Crash, your host for the next half hour or so. Really excited to introduce you to my two guests who, for the first time since pre-pandemic 2019, we have in studio with us. First up, we have Nick Cowenhoven. He's the executive director of the Academy of Lifelong Learning at the University of Maryland, Baltimore. Good afternoon, morning, day, Nick. We're delighted to be here. Thank you so much, Gina, for the introduction. We're so excited. Um, and you brought with you Michelle Zabel, who's the Assistant Dean for the School of Social Work and the Director of the Institute for Innovation and Implementation. How you doing, Michelle? I'm great. Thanks for having us. Oh, my gosh. It's so good to have you. And uh, we're going to bring uh, Michelle back into the conversation in a little bit. But since, Nick, you are the Executive Director, I think you're the, the most appropriate person to ask this morning. What is the Academy of Lifelong Learning? The Academy of Lifelong Learning is a place at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, where we invite people from Baltimore, Maryland, and all around the world to continue their learning journey, whether they want to build their skills for their job or pursue an interest that we may have a specialty in. And so you say the Academy of Lifelong Learning is for everyone. I caught Mm -hmm. that. But who specifically should visit your site? And I guess we should say right off the bat, what is the website? So people know exactly where they can go to get all this lifelong learning. The website is lifelonglearningumb.org. And it's really built, honestly, for people from ages 8 to 88 with a focus on parents, families, families. And even people in high school, we have programs for people in high school. So we are, anybody who is not a full-time college or graduate student is really who we're reaching out to to engage with. And this is um, absolutely, I know if people are always like, is it free? Um, so I can't believe it, but it's free, isn't it? There's a, it, it it's currently entirely free. That's absolutely. Awesome. And it's because we have a mission to reach out and serve the people of Baltimore and Maryland. And within the university, There are tremendous expertise and programs for all kinds of people, including parents who we're going to talk about, Mm -hmm. and Michelle in particular. And we want to engage. That's what we do. Now, how you've been there since um, kind of right before we sort of shut our recording down. It was about 2019. So what was that like when you when you made that transition and they're like, hey, Nick, you know, everybody needed resources. Everybody had a million questions. Data was coming in. It was changing every day. What a challenge that was. Tell us a little bit about like your journey that brought you here that kind of got you to where we are now. So when I started in 2019, the original Academy of Lifelong Learning vision was to, was to put up more traditional programs and free programming. When the pandemic struck, the world changed and essentially everything stopped. But the realization we had instantly was we have some of the nation, if not the world's leading experts related to the coronavirus and the pandemic. 
throughout the university in every school. So we literally gathered them together, and these mission-driven experts, many of them are doctors, public health professionals, are like, listen, if somebody in my community has a question, like the coronavirologist I met has been studying coronaviruses since 2004. Right. Like for him, it wasn't new. And he was like, if somebody has a question, I'll help. And that enabled us to put together a COVID response forum. Also, you have to, since it's been a moving target since the beginning, there's so much confusing information even now. Mm-hmm. So people are like, the virus changes. What does that mean for me? What does that mean for my family? And so that gave us an opportunity and a cause. Yeah. And I- that's what we built first. Absolutely. And real quick, those all the schools that you cover, um, tell us all of those. Because if people aren't aware of University of Maryland, Baltimore, and all, I can't imagine that they wouldn't be. But just in case, you have a lot of schools. We have seven, seven graduate and professional schools. We are sort of the collection and actually founding school of the University of Maryland system. And that includes the School of Medicine, the School of Pharmacy, the School of Nursing, the School of Social Work, the School of Dentistry, the Graduate School, Cary School of Law. Yes, yes. And, Fanta- uh, I have a lot of friends who went there. That's fantastic. And Michelle, real quick, when we're talking about personal stories, I understand you have, um, let us know how long you've been in your current role. And we'll get into more about what that is in a sec too. But also, uh, I was told by your fellow coworker, Michelle, in marketing communications that you have a very interesting story about what led you to what you're doing right now. Oh, sure. <laughs> so I've been at the University of Maryland since 2005. I'm the founding director of the Institute. And, um, my, you know, I am a social worker. And so I came at this from the perspective, as young social workers do, working in residential treatment and child welfare and behavioral health. And it ultimately led me to kind of policy and finance design work. But uh, I I got to witness what our systems do in terms of how we support or don't support families when they're in true need. And so uh, in residential treatment, we had five-year-olds outside of the city of Philadelphia that were removed from their family because we didn't have the supports necessary. So I've spent my career building those supports, partnering with state and county governments, and trying to really improve everything we can do to help families stay together. Yeah, that's a, it's a huge part of your job. And we, we do talk to a lot of people who have, um, at other nonprofits too, that, you know, have a master's in social work. So it's not unusual to have that background, mm-hmm. but you've really been been serving others, you know, your whole career. That's fantastic. So back to these very, very important and uh, informative COVID and parenting forums. Nick, tell us a little bit about those. Um, and I know you've been getting a great response. I can hardly wait to uh, to toot your horn a little bit and read some of the responses that have been very positive because of all the information that you're providing for folks that need it, because it is confusing, as you said. So when we built the COVID forum first and we gathered experts from across the university schools, public health experts and all, Many of them on an ongoing basis publish articles and do interviews that we could then collect in a single place that would be easy for people to see. And then the sort of the innovation, which was really a credit to the experts, is we created a forum where anybody can ask a question. If the, and, it, and they ask a question and the question routes to me and then I reach out to the, to the appropriate expert or team of experts who answer it. And then I send those answers privately, actually via email, to the person who asked them. And we post them on the website to create what you would call sort of a growing learning base. Because questions, for instance, about parenting or the pandemic, and I'll get this in a minute, they are almost all incredibly personal. Like, I have a situation about what to do with my parents or something or somebody visiting. But most of them have application for many people. 
Mm-hmm. So we invite most people come and just look at the questions. But many people, when they get up early in the morning, are like, you know, I have I have an issue and I don't quite know what to do. And it might today, for instance, we got a question this morning about about I think I had a half booster and I'm eight weeks out. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And our and our public health expert, who by the way, uh, is on Governor Hogan's a COVID response panel, a gentleman named Dr. Wilbur Chen instantly, basically instantly responded and said, here's what you should do when you go to the pharmacy. Here's why you should get it. And that gives people guidance. Wow. With with parenting, I just want to add, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same thing. And, and we're inviting parents. We have in the School of Social Work, like Michelle and her entire team, the School of Medicine, pharmacy, these issues, even law, meaning parents have issues. And I'm in no way... Uh, want to say anything about the law school? The law school, for example, has uh, experts in in law related to children in schools and custody. Mm-hmm. We get questions associated with things such as that, which is it's a very important it's a very important service that we can provide. Yeah, um, and, and COVID and parenting can kind of um, overlap too when you're talking about you know vaccines for you know pediatric. There are questions that overlap. Kid. Oh you're, yeah, you're right. And then right. you know just yesterday we or a couple of days ago now we had the uh, the news that over fifty you could have that third booster. So I mean honestly things are still changing. And you ha- how nice is it to have these experts at your disposal who are busy teaching, practicing medicine or law, and then they take the time and get the you know, because there's so much misinformation online, and I love that this is 100% and beyond accurate information that you're getting from experts that your average person wouldn't normally have access to. Well, they also refer to, for instance, the CDC produces guidance that we now know so well mm-hmm. on an ongoing basis about the pandemic. It's hard to understand sometimes what they mean and interpret that, and when it changes, that's hard to understand too. And our experts in their replies typically will refer and put in links if they're saying this is what they mean this week and here's why it's different than last week mm-hmm. that kind of thing can help all of us absolutely and, and it hasn't become a meme like some of the remember the cdc recommends and people started creating these memes about ridiculous things which obviously um we <laughs> want to make sure that yes they are a very credible organization but they've been heard from a lot so this is all local helpful information so give us an example nick of the kind of parenting questions that you've received and answered um, just to give you an idea, because, you know, it's kind of nice to know out there as a parent, and I know you're both parents as well. We'll talk about that in a little bit, um, how nice it is that there's, when you have a question, that there's somebody that can answer it and somebody that understands where you're coming from. Well, a, a popular theme is um, toddlers. Mm-hmm. It turns out I have three children who are now all in their 20s, but when we had three children under the age of five, toddlers are can be incredibly powerful uh, small people. Yeah, little forces of nature. And as your children, child is going to school or you're, there may be certain kinds of tantrums and how to, how to understand what's happening, react and provide a supportive environment is something that I would have benefited a great deal from. And looking back, I'm, I'm impressed by the, by the power of the, of a, of two to four year old and how it really parents are confronting this for the first time is, is a big deal. Yeah. So that's not the only thing, of course, but that's a perfect example mm-hmm. of, of that. Yeah, because there is no guide. Um, <laughs> there's, no. You know, you're just kind of making it up as you go along, but it's nice to know you have resources. And people are responding, too. You put up a questionnaire recently about people who've used both, they visited and used your COVID and parenting forums. 
and they wanted to talk about their experience on the website. There was the first, just a couple, for example, the response I received was extremely thorough, detailed, very helpful, really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, just while randomly looking for information regarding my child's learning habits, I bumped into this website. I was given an opportunity to ask a question. I received elaborated and extremely helpful answers. Thank you again for your help. Um, and this one, too, I really love. This has been a valuable resource to ask questions directly of the university's experts during the pandemic. And I just recommended a friend to submit a question about pediatric vaccines to the forum, as we were just talking about. So, um, again, you know, it, it, that's got to be a good feeling, knowing that the response has been so positive. What it is, is we are the Academy of Lifelong Learning is a is a, a form of a gateway to reach the experts within the university themselves about important themes for people. Mm-hmm. parenting, obviously, COVID because of the nature of the modern world. And we're going to build more uh, because we have this expertise and it's an opportunity. And I'm very thankful for this, for our experts are willing to say, you know what, if you get a question, I'm, I'm, we're happy to help. That's great. And uh, so what else is available on the Academy of Lifelong Learning site right now that people can go on and, and see some of these things besides COVID and parenting? Or is that kind of what you're focusing on right now? And then you hinted at that your feature, you know, you're going to work on new things. So can we get a sneak peek of what that might be? Oh, absolutely. This past week, we just put up uh, four videos of university employees, which are sort of a day in the life so that it's really we're doing this in partnership with the Maryland State Department of Education and their career preparedness curriculum such that high school students are invited to come and their parents and look and say, what, what kind of jobs are available to university? What kind of skills do you actually need to, to be a graphic designer or to be a, we have security officer and we have medical researchers so people can understand what to do there. They just went up this week. Oh, cool. In the, in the next couple of weeks, we're putting up a learning center that will include some free courses and other uh, courseware. Um, and there are lots of additional resources that we haven't talked about. And I know Michelle's going to talk about some of hers that we put up. Um, and we'll just continue to build. And in the next few months, this whole forum concept is a good way to organize and present our information. So we're going to put one up about, about aging, mm-hmm. about particularly for adults like, a, like my age, taking care of you, if you're taking care of your parents, what's happening with senior citizens. We're, we have a lot of expertise in that area. Uh, so we're going to put that up. And actually, after that, I believe we're going to put up a forum associated with cannabis, of which we have a conspicuous expertise within the university. Wow. You've got, you literally have everything. And again, those day, uh, day in the life videos are definitely worth, worth checking out because I know if, uh, you know, as students are thinking at that age where I know I bounced around a lot thinking I wanted to change fields or majors or careers, but sometimes that can be expensive to decide, oh, I'm going to dump this political science track and I'm going to go this direction. You know, so it's kind of nice to be able to get a real life snapshot of what they really do and see for kids to look at and say, do you really want to do that? Well, the other cool part of it, actually, that is interesting to me is a university like ours, we have almost 7,000 employees doing all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. We have people who build the rooms and build the buildings and and make sure people are safe in the streets, not just the doctors and, and the teachers. You're right. And so thinking about a university or any large entity like this, it's almost like a city unto itself. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different things that you can do. Um, that's worth knowing, too. Well, you know what, Nick? I think this would be a great time for you to reintroduce your colleague, Michelle Zabel. Absolutely. I'm delighted uh, that Michelle is here. And she is one of our experts on the parenting forum. And, and she also helped with the original concept of the of the Academy of Lifelong Learning. So I owe Michelle a great deal. She so, is. Wow. The, yeah. 
she, uh, sh she works across many of the schools, as you'll hear, and that kind of insight helped us understand where we could go. Mm -hmm, absolutely. She, and she's the assistant dean within the School of Social Work and the director of the Institute for Innovation and Implementation. So my pleasure. Welcome back, Michelle. Thank um, you. <laughs> we were all just kind of in the, in the same room here, just happy to be in a studio together for the first time since 2019. But tell us, Michelle, what is the Institute for Innovation and Implementation? What are you over there innovating anyway? I love that question. Isn't it? I know. It's, it's so a clever. great question. It's clever and it's interesting and I can't wait to hear the answer. Sure. So um, I said this earlier, we were created in 2005 in partnership with the Maryland State Children's Cabinet. So this is our home. We work deeply in the state of Maryland, but we consider ourselves a translational research and an implementation center. And our work is really intended to be able to improve outcomes for kids and families. So we do that in three ways. We work with uh, state agencies, county agencies, providers around policy and finance issues because those are important for people to get paid and do their jobs well. We work in terms of uh, improving practices, whether that's clinical or child welfare practices where people are receiving supports, and we do research and evaluation work as well. And so um, we do that now, and uh, we have actually had the opportunity to work in every single state across the country with, again, our very deep, deep roots in Maryland. Um, and I'm going to slip in here. We have one particular project that I want to highlight in Maryland. It's with our Maryland Department of Housing and Community Development with support from the Maryland General Legislature. And we're doing our Youth Reach Maryland, which is reach out, engage, assist, count to end homelessness. So this is Maryland's fourth um, study across the across the state to identify homeless youth and to be able to change and improve the practices that we have to really support them and uh, help them help us end homelessness for youth and young adults. That's in incredibly important. Wow, mm -hmm. I'm glad you highlighted that. Yeah, and thank the you. name of the show is Spotlight on Maryland, so we're happy to put a spotlight yeah, on that. It's happening right now that's as we speak. That's amazing because yeah. I know from the the sound of it, it sounds like you're very busy. Um, implementing all these, you know, and maintaining and implementing new programs yeah. and working with so many different people and departments. Um, and so um, why are you and the Institute participating in the Parenting Forum? Sure. Um, well, Nick said, we, you know, as soon as we heard about the University of Maryland Baltimore wanting to stand up the actual Academy of Lifelong Learning, uh, we started having conversations. And uh, I don't know if everybody knows this in the state, but Maryland U UMB has a significant number of people who are really involved and invested in improving outcomes for kids and families. And parenting is a natural way to think about how to provide our expertise. So um, Nick mentioned this earlier, but we work uh, with a ton of our colleagues across campus, including um, our National Center for School Mental Health and, uh, and the School of Medicine, Department of Psychiatry, nursing, pharmacy, law, everybody. And, um, the, you know, you would be so pleased as a Marylander to see the kind of collaboration and expertise and sharing. And so uh, the idea of doing parenting as we had gotten partway through COVID just made the most sense. So we have um, been happy to engage and, and participate with all our colleagues in that area. But yeah, yeah, I think that makes total sense. And uh, Michelle, what kind of expertise do you offer parents? Sure. So um, Nick kind of commented on toddlers being a hot topic in the parenting <laughs> conversation. And so we have a parent, infant, and early childhood team. Dr. Margot Candelaria and Kate Wasserman are our directors. And they are regularly tapped by 
the parenting forum to answer questions. So they've been part of uh, participating in conversations with parents about sleep, about um, uh, behavior changes as you're uh, having to share your parent with younger or older siblings, about entry back into the school, about home schooling and how you organize your actual uh, learning environment when we're in the middle of such chaos. And so they, you know, that is one example. Another really great example that I love is that we also have the um, a National Soji Center for LGBT youth in uh, in the system. And so we have a family acceptance project, which is um, on the website of the Lifeline Academy and the parenting forum and exact, you know, exactly. And it is, it provides about 50 resources for parents to provide kind of well-being and support to their youth to help really provide resiliency opportunities and well-being opportunities for youth who are uh, coming out. That's so important because um, it's very timely and also it's nice to sometimes people don't see themselves um, right. reflected back, you know. Right. And you think, oh, well, they can't help me. But I, the fact that you are you part of making sure that you are, you know, it's so inclusive like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And these are really practical, researched and evidence based approaches that not only parents, but those adults in the community of that young person can can be part of that they're going to. If you go to the website and you look on that um, section, I think there's all kinds of applicability for many of us. And so when people write in those questions, are they, is it kind of like, you know, on some websites, it'll be like the the frequently asked questions and they always keep it up as sort of a perennial that's always up there. So is that something, and just to drag Nick back in real quick, is that something that's always available to people? Can they? The questions, the the, the answers are always available. Mm -hmm. On all on the parenting forum and on the COVID forum, there's a, spe- a tab just for answers to see all of the answers that have been given. Cool. On the on the parenting forum, they are also sorted by child development age, and each of the forums has and has not only its homepage where uh, the the resources that Michelle was was referencing are. It also has a resources tab that you can click, and that's where there are sort of an ever accumulating amount of resources from our experts. And that's where people like parents or caregivers can take a deeper dive than simply one question with one answer. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and what a, what a high-tech thing, too, that you can search that and find exactly what you're looking for, which is great. And Michelle, what kinds of questions have you received from parents? Sure. That's a great question. Um, so, you know, the 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 questions really range. So we've talked already about toddlers and, you know, we gave some examples of that. We've had a number of questions come in that really are about school. And so many, many times our National Center for School Mental Health and Dr. Sharon Hoover and the team over there in psychiatry will answer those questions as well. We all know as parents that this has been a rough two years, right? So the questions go from behavior to uh, organizational skills to just um, any any and all kinds of reentry back in. Um, we've got a lot of questions about um, depression. We get questions about um, sports. You know, it's it it really is the gamut mm-hmm. of like how do we take children and support children who have been in an era that none of us have ever lived through and help them stay well, have resilience, reintegrate back into what whatever our new normal is ultimately going to be. Absolutely. And it's really just to kind of throw in there, it's really nice uh, as a university person to get put on these emails and then see the colleagues jump in. Like the the kind of 
collegialness of sharing our expertise together isn't an of itself really a nice model for the university to be giving back to Baltimore and Maryland. Absolutely. Not taken for granted, that's for sure. And now I know you both mentioned that you're both parents. Have you ever used this resource before? So I will flip the script a little bit and say, yes, I have used the resource, but I used it to what Nick said in terms of asking about my uh, parents. And so I can't wait for the university to stand up the um, older adult forum as well. There were so many questions in our family about the safety of the vaccine uh, for people with heart conditions or so on. And the um, the folks from the School of Medicine that responded were very thorough, like Nick said, just really giving decision-making matrix. And so it was Safe. great. Yeah. And, and Nick, you mentioned that your kids are no longer toddlers, but they're in their 20s. So now you've got, have you used it um, not so much for them, like Michelle, or more about your... Oh, which... no, I've used it for them. You have to. <laughs> and I'll tell, you, I'll tell you exactly how. Because there's a f- feeling among t- 20-somethings that they have super immunity from COVID because of their exposure and their fact that they may have take, taken a vaccine at a certain time and their just general fatigue with it. Mm-hmm. And so instead of having an, an argument at the dinner table, which I could not win, I packaged the question from one of my children and sent it to our leading coronavirus and public health expert. And he's like, the message was very clear, get the booster. For And not only does it say get the booster, if you look on the website, he published, he, he linked, and we put in the answer, the charts that show if you get of a certain, and based on your age, if you get the coronavirus now and you're not boosted versus you're boosted, you know, for instance, how often you might have to go to the hospital and serious disease. So you can just look very starkly and get an answer that was a tug of war I couldn't win with my 20-somethings. Gotcha. And, oh, gosh, we're running out of time here real quick. But um, just to ask real quick, if if you had – where would you have gone um, if you if you didn't have access to the forum? You know, yeah, I don't know. You wouldn't I have. mean, honestly, it, was, it would have taken so much time out of my life to have figured out these kind of answers that it was phenomenal. I've recommended it to my friends. So I know some of the people Nick gets questions from are, are my friends as well. That's cool. So that's definitely influenced your advice and thinking about the needs of parents, mm-hmm. whether it's older you know, mm-hmm. parents that you're thinking about yeah. or your younger kids. But that definitely has played into you know, your content and your future content mm-hmm. for, for, the, for the forum as well. Okay, excellent. Um, what's next, Nick, for the Academy of Lifelong Learning? Again, we've been talking to uh, Nick Cowenhoven, Executive Director of the Academy of Lifelong Learning at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, as well as Michelle Zabel, Assistant Dean with the School of Social Work and Director of the Institute for Innovation and Implementation. As we wrap it up, Nick, what do we have to look forward to? We have three uh, n- new big additions coming to the, to the website, the Academy of Lifelong Learning, shortly. The first is a learning center, which is going to contain – the university has – some free courses that are available, and there are also courses that will be um, non for full, not for full-time students that you may have a tuition fee associated with them. So there'll be a, a range of courses, and on that learning center, there will also be more of the types of resources from our experts that are a deep dive into something that may not be about parenting or it may not be about COVID, because now we're really sort of gaining momentum. After that, we're Almost immediately, that's going to go up in the next couple of weeks. Almost immediately, we're putting up uh, another form about what, let's call it aging or elder care, which is, uh, as, as Michelle and I have said, parenting was first. And even in the research we did, 
aging and elder care is of critical importance to so many people, and we have a great deal of expertise and experts who can help there. Well, thank you for all that you both do. And real quick, the website once again, Nick, for people to go to. LifelongLearningUMB.org. That's easy to remember. The .org, of course, .org, nonprofits. That's what we shine the spotlight on Maryland. And we want to thank you all for, for being here and also for listening. This has been a production of Odyssey Baltimore. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.